As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I do know a lot of people who are facing evictions, and that's a scary situation. A 60-day ban on evictions and termination notices for non-payment of rent. It's been extremely helpful and arguably essential. But there's no moratorium on property owners raising rent. I don't know what I'm going to forgo, you know, my medications. We're not trying to gouge people. The only option some landlords may have is to remove those people so that they can get people who can pay. It's unconscionable. In the midst of a pandemic, when you've already lost your job, you shouldn't be worried about losing your home. At least that's the idea behind Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers' decision to press pause on evictions. But what's on paper and what's playing out in real life are sometimes two different things. From the Fox 6 studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and we're recording this episode on Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. And I'm joined this morning by Contact 6 investigator Jenna Sachs. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning, Brian. So, Jenna, let's go back to the beginning of Wisconsin's COVID-19 shutdown and what happened with evictions. Well, Governor Tony Evers and the Secretary-Designee of the Department of Health Services, Andrea Palm, passed or signed uh, Emergency Order 15, and basically that was a 60-day ban on evictions for non-payment of rent. Uh, there's a separate uh, order that was also passed that banned late fees. That will be in effect longer than this one. The 60-day ban on evictions uh, is expiring around May 26th, and uh, there are quite a few people that are concerned when that expires, they will be facing evictions because of course this was not a freeze on rent. It was not a waiving of rent. So that money is going to come due. And so people uh, were hopefully trying to make their payments as best as they could, but in order to prevent people being put out of their homes, this order was put into effect. They also uh, said landlords couldn't issue any sort of uh, notices that people had to evict the property. But a lot of this is going to be coming to a head when the order expires on May 26th. I did reach out to the governor's office asking if that would be extended, but at this point they haven't responded to me. And when I spoke with you know Legal Aid Society and Legal Action of Wisconsin, they had no indication yet if this was going to be extended either, although they would argue it should be because many people are still in the same situation, but we'll have to see. Well, you know, throughout this, uh, the pandemic and the, the safer at home order, obviously many people were waiting to see just how soon could things reopen? How soon could businesses open? How soon could we get back out and, and be a part of, uh, you know, public gatherings? How soon could kids get back to play on playgrounds? But for many people who are really struggling to get by, this period of these emergency orders was the one thing that was keeping them in their homes. 
so now that you see the end of this coming, while it's good news for many people who want to restart businesses or maybe get back out and about, this could be a very scary time if you're someone who's facing the potential for being kicked out of your home. Well, it's very difficult to go and find a new apartment right now. It's it's not safe for some people to be going into new places or leaving their homes. And a lot of these buildings aren't even allowing people to come in. You could maybe go on a virtual tour in some cases, but it's not the same thing. And a lot of people are uncomfortable about the idea of going uh, and renting a place they've never actually stepped foot in. So that's a real cause for concern. And we were contacted by some people who were unfortunately being put in a difficult position because their rent was going up which is something that can be legally done right now. And they felt like it was the equivalent of an eviction because they couldn't pay that monthly rent change. So we, we spoke with some of them and tried to help them in their situation. And it, they're in a difficult position because they felt like they were between a rock and a hard place. Either they stay home, they stay safe, or they go out and look for a new place and risk their health. So that was a, a, a difficult position they were being put in, but a legal one for the landlord or the property manager to take. One of the things that we talked about in doing some of these stories early on after the emergency order was first put in place was it did uh, prevent landlords from evicting people and from even giving them notices of eviction that they needed to vacate. In fact, in one case, we did a story about a building where all of the tenants received notices that there were renovations being done and they were being encouraged to leave. But there was some real question about whether or not that letter gave them the impression they had to go. And ultimately, it was determined uh, that they didn't have to go. Uh, but through all that time, the governor was clear and others have been clear in trying to warn people this doesn't mean you don't have to pay your rent. The idea is you can't be kicked out during a time where you're struggling to pay it because of a loss of a job due to COVID-19 or something like that. But ultimately, the bill was going to come due. So people were being encouraged to keep paying as you go. But if you are indeed struggling because you've lost work or maybe you're still waiting on the unemployment checks to come in or whatever it might be, how do you suddenly have the money to get up to you know, up to speed on everything in a moment's notice. And does it work like that? I mean, is this one of those, if you've been behind a few hundred dollars in rent every month throughout the pandemic, is the bill all due now or you, you can be given the boot? Well, that really depends on the landlord. Some people I've spoken with have said, I have an understanding landlord and I kept open communication with them. And when I told them that I was going to have difficulty paying rent, they understood and we worked out a plan. Other people say their landlords aren't being as lenient, but they're are a lot of indications here that when this expires, there is going to be a surge of evictions. In a normal year in Milwaukee County, there's 14,000 evictions cases filed. Everyone I spoke with who deals with evictions cases says they are bracing for a lot of people to see these eviction filings uh, filed against them. So I, I think there's going to be a wave of that. And there's a group called Community Advocates that does help people in these positions. They offer some financial assistance to people who are unable to pay their rent, but they're encouraging people to reach out to them now and not to wait until this expires so that they're not overwhelmed as well. So there, there is help out there if you need it, but 
if you can talk to your landlord, if you can come to some sort of agreement with them where they understand where you're coming from, maybe they'll be more lenient. It completely depends on the person. And we should say, I mean, these landlords, some of them are in a difficult position as well because they have families to feed. And if they have a high number of people unable to pay rent, that takes a financial toll on them as well. So it is a difficult situation, but hopefully a lot of people will be able to work together on this. Well, and that's, the, you, you raised that issue of the landlord perspective. For property owners, they've essentially been, for the last 60 days, told you have no legal right to collect rent, or at least not to enforce the collection of rent. You have the right to collect it, you have the right to assess it, but you can't enforce that collection of rent by removing someone who's not paying. So for them, they I'm sure many of them feel like they've really been handcuffed when they have tenants who they think are not in good faith trying to keep up with rent. Have you heard from some landlords on that? Well, I talked to some companies that manage properties who basically said, there's no one out there who doesn't want to file evictions right now. They are businesses. At the end of the day, they have to keep their business moving and they are ready to file evictions when this order is lifted. So we, we did reach out to a number of management companies. A lot of them didn't get back to us, but those who did basically said, you know, we understand where people are coming from. This is a difficult position. We're willing to work with people to an extent, but we have to remember there's also issues like fair housing law. We can't make an exception for someone uh, or give them a dramatic cut on rent that we're not giving to someone else. So there, there are legal issues at play here. And I, I think that to some extent, landlords understand that people have issues. But at the same time, when we spoke with people who said their rent was suddenly going up after not being raised for quite some time, they asked, you know, why now? Why can't they wait a few months until we're out of this, until my husband is back at work? Because the families we spoke with, as you mentioned before, are suffering financially because of COVID-19. They have people in their household who are out of work. They have kids who are home. They are on fixed incomes. And to have their rent go up right now is pretty unfortunate in, in terms of the timing and what they're able to do in order to find a new place to live. It's, it's very challenging. And we should mention the shelters right now are overwhelmed. The emergency shelters, homeless shelters, they're overwhelmed. They can't handle more people. So this will be another issue to see or to watch when this evictions uh, moratorium expires. And, and that's coming, it sounds like, in just a matter of, of, of a week. So there's a lot that we're going to be seeing and we'll be talking about as this goes on. But I'm wondering in the meantime, how does this apply to people who have, say, subsidized housing, government housing, Section 8, uh, where they get government assistance for their rent? Does does this affect them differently? Are there different regulations in place? That's a really good point to make. There are people that when this moratorium expires will still be covered by the federal CARES Act. So if they have uh, subsidized housing, if they live in Section 8 housing, for example, or if they have a federally backed mortgage like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, they will still be covered through July through the federal CARES Act. So those people will still not be legally evicted. Uh, until that point. So if you're concerned and you're unsure whether you are facing eviction or, or whether you do have to pay rent, you can always reach out to the Legal Aid Society or Legal Action of Wisconsin. These are nonprofits that help people with free legal advice and representation if they're of a low income. So you can always reach out to these groups and ask them questions. They're very knowledgeable on these subjects. As we get to this point, you know, if people start to be evicted in large numbers because 
you know, there's a mass or, or, or a surge in eviction filings, that means there are going to be a large number of people who are out shopping for apartments. And you mentioned toward the beginning, this is for some people a frightening time to be looking, even though the safer at home orders may be uh, lifting across the state um, and, and restrictions are lifting, coronavirus is still a concern. And so what's it like for people to go shopping for an apartment at a time? You're going in and out of places where other people live, where other people are visiting. Um, what's it like to go looking for an apartment in a time when there's still a, you know, a serious health concern? I spoke with a few neighbors in West Dallas for one report that I worked on. They live in neighboring buildings in West Dallas that are owned by the same company. Uh, Kellner Properties, and one of them, his name is Michael Shaneman, and he got a lease notice that said starting July 1st, his rent is going from $700 a month to $799 if he signs a one-year lease. If he wants to go month to month, it would be $879, which is something he said he couldn't afford. Now, Michael is looking at buildings that are 55 plus, and those buildings in particular are hard to get into right now because of health concerns for the population. They don't want him coming in and exposing the people who live there to whatever he has or doesn't have. So that makes it very difficult. And he's of a generation too. He doesn't want to see a virtual tour. He wants to go in there and see the building himself and get a feel for it. Um, his neighbor, her name is Leanne Hawkins. She got a similar notice. Her husband is out of work due to COVID-19. She has a kid at home now. And she was also feeling the stress of the financial aspect of this. She was looking for some apartments, although she was uncomfortable doing so, but she wanted to stay put if she could. And we spoke with the building manager in this particular situation uh, for Prospect Management Company. His name is Ryan Kautz, and he was willing to work with them to some extent. He agreed to accept $800 for a month-to-month -month plan, which is less than the month-to-month -month before, but it's still an increase in rent. So there's some satisfaction there. There's some dissatisfaction amongst uh, the tenants. But you can see these people are kind of in a difficult position. They, they have a financial issue here, but at the same time, it's not a safe time to be going out and looking at apartments, especially for people who are older and are considered more high risk. I wonder, you know, for people who've lost jobs due to COVID-19 or have other uh, issues that are making it difficult to make their typical rent payments, for a lot of people, those situations haven't changed in spite of the lifting or the, the, the strike down of Safer at Home statewide. It hasn't changed their financial situation, at least for the time being. But if if and when the moratorium on evictions is lifted on the 26th, when that expires, it does mean that landlords can file evictions. That doesn't necessarily mean judges and court commissioners will grant them. I'm wondering what's going to happen, and I don't know that we know this, but when people get into court, will it make a difference if they can demonstrate that they've done their best in good faith to pay what they can? If they're still facing legitimate COVID-19 related hardships, will judges and court commissioners take that into account in considering what to do with their cases? I don't know if you've talked to any of the, the attorneys for legal action in other places, if they have any expectations of that, but that certainly seems like an important question that, that will unfold in the coming weeks. Well, I did reach out to a local judge who handles these cases, and he basically told me, you know, I can't really talk about this because I'm supposed to be impartial and, and keep an open mind, but that will be something to watch. Legally, they are able to raise rent, and the, and the law 
or they are able to file these evictions as well. And the law is what matters here. I have been to evictions court before. I know that they will refer people to resources uh, whenever they can, you know, places that will help mothers find temporary housing. Evictions court is a difficult place to sit and watch because you're watching a lot of mothers come in with children and they're telling stories about how they're living out of their car and it's it's a difficult place to sit it's 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 sad to sit in evictions court for a while because you realize the position that some people are in and they were they were in this position before the epidemic hit so they're they're facing extra struggles right now and it's very likely that this moratorium on evictions has saved a lot of them from being on the street but at the same time, these landlords have businesses to run, they have money they need to collect, and if they can have someone else in those units who are able to pay rent after a certain amount of time, they, they are able to put someone into those units who are making their rent. So it'll, it'll be very interesting. We'll definitely watch what happens with the courts when this moratorium is lifted. I'm very interested in finding out whether it'll be extended or not. I haven't been given any indication right now that it would be. I've, given, I've heard no hints from anybody that they've heard that's going to happen. But yeah, it, this, is gonna be, this is gonna be difficult for a lot of people. So there are resources out there. You can try Community Advocates, Legal Aid Society, Legal Action of Wisconsin. Um, you know, a lot of people were wondering whether the Supreme Court ruling was going to affect this ban. It did not. That was completely separate. I reached out to the Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection, and they basically said, no, this is not impacting the moratorium on evictions. That's prohibited unless there is imminent threat of physical harm. And they also pointed out that ban on late fees is also in effect um, and is unaffected by uh, the Supreme Court ruling. So to make that clear, the Supreme Court ruling did not affect the ban on evictions. There were a lot of questions about that when that ruling came down. Jen, I've worked here at Fox 6 News for 16 years now, hard to believe, but I've been around Contact 6 for a long time, and, and you've been doing this now for many years. And, and we both know that when you go through the sort of standard list of the types of cases that Contact 6 does and does not typically accept or, or take for a long, long time. We've been telling viewers we don't typically do landlord tenant cases. And yet throughout this coronavirus pandemic, you've been doing a lot of work related to landlord tenant issues. Um, can you talk about why that is the case and, 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 you know, sort of how you determine when it really is, is something that context needs to take on? Well, at the end of the day, this is an issue that affects a lot of people. And especially right now, I think getting information to a wide range of people who would find it useful is a good use of Contact Six's time. You know, in the past, when we would get complaints about landlord tenant issues, they were very specific to that landlord and that tenant. And we didn't accept those cases because there is a very high volume of them. And legally, there's not a lot we can do and they would be better off talking to a lawyer. Uh, it, it's kind of out of our wheelhouse. But when it affects this many people and we can get out information that will help hundreds or thousands of people who are facing eviction or concerned about making rent, I think that's a worthwhile use of our time. So we're making some exceptions to the stories we cover right now just because we want to be as useful as we can to our viewers. Because at the end of the day, our segment is about trying to help people. It's about trying to be um, useful to them, to help them learn something. And that's basically where the line came down on this one. We made an exception because we felt like 
this is information people needs to know or they need well, to know. I couldn't have explained that any better. I think you, the way you put it that sometimes these cases, the complaints you receive are very specific to one isolated landlord and one tenant with a specific set of circumstances that doesn't really have any sort of broad application to our viewers. But right now what's happening has huge uh, applications to so many people. Um, it is a very important subject, and I, and I think uh, it, you know our, our viewers hopefully are grateful for the services that, that you've provided and, and kept providing throughout this. Um, and I'm sure it's not over because, as you said, in, in a week, when uh, if if this moratorium is indeed lifted um, on on May 26th, there are going to be more stories to cover in this realm. I would imagine. I am sadly expecting quite a few complaints. Uh, submitted to Contact 6. We have a complaint form on our website that people can fill out. I'm expecting to get quite a few about people facing evictions, unfortunately. And we're just going to have to refer people to those resources I mentioned earlier because legally there's not much they can do if they haven't been paying their rent that will come due. And interestingly, I did a story a few weeks back about pawn shops and they said, you know, we're expecting a lot of people to stop in when that when that moratorium is lifted they say whenever the we energies moratorium is lifted after the winter they see a lot of people into the pawn shop so there will be people desperate for money who may or may not be able to find it hopefully our shelters can accommodate them and they can find the resources they need because it will be a difficult time for for several people this has been a crisis no doubt but when the protections related to that crisis extend then a whole new type of crisis begins. Jenna, thank you for uh, joining us again on Open Record, and uh, we look forward to having you back on again soon. Of course. So we're going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic. And if there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at fox6now.com. That is T-H-E investigators at fox6now.com. Also, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, from producer Pete to Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel to Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't done so already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Polson, and we'll be back again tomorrow.